The Cupole Podcast is brought to you by the Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet by ShiftCrypto.ch. If you want to save your skin and get your coins off the exchange and not suffer as many others have as these crypto exchanges are blowing up and people are losing their Bitcoin, then be wise and get yourself a Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet. Secure your own keys on your signing device. Use the code BMS get 5% off on all Shift Crypto products. And if you're tired of hearing these ads, you can head on over to qpaul.substack.com to listen to my podcast ad-free. Thank you. You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. They attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the QPAL podcast. That's Paul standing for the quiet parts out loud. If you want to hear more of these musings, conversations, writings, just go to qpaul.substack.com and considering subscribing, considering paying. Because the more you pay me, the more awesome content you're going to get from me. But uh, enough of that being said. Let's get into another read-along for this week. Uh, actually, I wrote two pieces this week. Um... One on Friday, one on Sunday, I'm recording this on Monday, and you'll probably hear this on Tuesday, Tuesday, the 17th of January. But this one's called Reality Distortions. It's a sum report, kind of a sum, summation of things that happened during the week. That's S-U-M, stands for um, shit you missed, <laughs> if you will. But the sum report for uh, January 13th, Paul issue 32 Talking about the market pump fake denial that we saw, Sofer Salvation, as you all know, I discuss Sofer often, and how the major media distortions disinform society and culture. So let's cut to the shit, just get right into it. The media at Davos happened this week, and talks with Jerome Powell speaking about the Fed focusing on climate change made headlines. For the record, Powell did not go to Davos, is not going. However, Jamie Dimon and others on what I call Team Fed uh, did. There's a list of attendees floating around out there and on the internet. You can just go dig up that yourself if you like. But assuming that Powell will budge on this matter is stupid. Climate change is a globalist attack against the Fed. Just as the forced fiscal policy of COVID-19 was, because COVID-19 was a hit job against the Fed to make them print money into oblivion and destroy the credibility of the United States. So, in this article that I will put in the show notes, but to just, you know, 86 that and to make sure that you get all my writings, go ahead and subscribe to qpol.substack.com. And you can get all the issues of the Substack. Uh, but um, if you subscribe and look in that Substack, you'll see the first tweet I linked was a tweet of mine that is screenshotted of 
of the conversation uh, with central bankers, Jerome Powell, Christine Lagarde, uh, all, all these people. Um, we have uh, uh, Augustus Fat Ass Gloop, and uh, he run, runs the BIS, I believe. But this conversation is worth a listen. I put the YouTube link in there. And I captioned in the tweet, in case y'all think I'm trolling when I say Jerome Powell is not on board with the Globo Homo Green Climate Monetary Policy train that Lagarde is on, well, here's my receipt. And you just need to watch this interview. It should be timestamped when you click the link on YouTube. But just watch Christine Lagarde's face in disgust when Powell says what the Fed's true mandate is is not climate change. And he will just offer lip service to this matter when he needs to. But he's playing politics. Because the Fed's mandate is stable prices and full employment. Whatever the hell that means. And I know that he's, you know, making employment worse and just destroying demand right now. That's what they have to do to fight inflation. But as we all know, fighting inflation is only a fraction of a fraction of why the Fed's raising rates. If you pay attention to anything that I say or write about. But moving on with the article. If it's not climate change or a fake virus that brings the Fed to its knees to pivot, then it's a full-out war. And this thread that I include that you all should read from Tom Longo paints a picture of what's happening on the world stage. But the Fed pivots only if more warmonger globalists drag the U.S. into their war to fight the Russians and China via a false flag like every other war that has occurred in the past. That's what it's been. And it's a race to bankrupt these deviants through raising rates by destroying the offshore dollar markets before they do something stupid like drag us into that war. But if the Fed keeps doing our job for us, then not on Powell's watch will we be dragged into war. So, moving on to Sofer Salvation. What's not stupid is the long-awaited abandonment of LIBOR, which will start on June 30th of this year, and the full migration to Sofer, SOFR, Secure Overnight Financing Rate. Yet, debt investors are losing millions by not re-indexing their debt as their investments are being repriced. Currently, why are they being repriced? Because SOFR is collateralized. It's a rate based on U.S. domestic market activity between U.S. banks. It's something real instead of an arbitrary central planner dictated interest rate, which is LIBOR, dictated by 18 panel banks at the City of London, and only one of those is representing the interest of J.P. Morgan uh, of the United States, and that's J.P. Morgan. You know what I mean. Now, the market is determining which rate is more credible, and this move is a reassertion of the Fed's credibility and strength in, uh, in the Fed and U.S. markets, and part of Powell and the major commercial banks' plan to achieve monetary independence from the Davos globalists. Investors managing CLOs, or collateralized loan obligation contracts, uh, that are still indexed and tied to the globalist bond chain rate that is LIBOR have until June 30th to make the transition to SOFR. And people's pensions, 
money that comes out of your paycheck every month that goes into your retirement, those are all indexed to LIBOR if your broker-dealer doesn't make that change for you. And because of the switch to SOFR, liquidity is leaving LIBOR as debt and contracts get re-indexed to SOFR. Those who decide to ignore this and live in LIBOR denial will be in for an unpleasant surprise, aka lose a shit ton of money because they were too stubborn and arrogant in their globalist ways. Or maybe not globalists, they were just doing the job and maybe their bosses didn't go along with it because they are trying to strong-arm the Fed. Good luck with that. Debt investors are already getting hosed, so don't be like them. And with all this said, any popular or critically acclaimed investor or macro commentator who isn't vocal about the move away from LIBOR is in denial or living under a rock is disingenuous and they can't be taken seriously. They shouldn't be taken seriously. So position position yourself accordingly. It's your fiduciary duty, and the powers that be have a strategy to hedge this transition. And, you know, as much as uh, Bitcoiners don't like to hear this, it's gold. And probably they've been accumulating a bunch of Bitcoin with the price being, you know, under 20K, but not anymore. I think as I record this, it's closer to 22, <laughs> but um, we'll get into the uh, pump fake here in a sec. But central banks have been binge buying gold for years, and they know what's coming, and they will leave investors in the dust, meaning the people that manage your money will, well, lose your money if they don't position themselves appropriately. And you could, of course, and this is my shout out to the Bitcoiners listening. So here, here you go, guys. I'm going to throw you a bone. You could, of course, hedge this all yourself and buy Bitcoin uh, at, uh, despite the recent fake out in the bull run, which we'll cover next, at record low prices. However, I understand people are all in unique financial positions and they have their own strategies. If it if, if if it's not yet obvious, I don't have any uh, FINRA licenses, so all this is purely for entertainment and not financial advice. Onward. And again, if you subscribe to the Substack, you'll see all the, the links that I have hyperlinked and posted in videos. I recommend you watching this um, this video, which is basically how central banks are binge buying gold because they know of the silver transition. So check that out. Choose your elite. So like choosing the elites at the Fed over Davos, Elon is one of those elites to support. And when it comes to Elon forcing the banks to suffer losses, if no one really saw going around how basically all these investors and backers that help Elon buy Twitter are having to take some losses because Twitter's not yet profitable, that's what I'm talking about here. So we need to consider what is really being lost, if anything. The fact is that the banks don't give a shit about the losses. Why? Because they own Twitter. Whatever loss is at play, I'd imagine they know what they were getting into when they decided to purchase Twitter. And so they plan on using that as a write-off and probably invested in something else to counter that loss as a hedge. 
who was it that Elon was fighting so desperately against in the Twitter buyout battle? Oh, yeah, it was the deep state backed by cancel culture commies. And newsflash, that's not who the bank's team fed is on the side of, as you've heard me say countless times and given my flushed out reasons. Twitter is the information spigot of the world and is now under the control of at least the non-commie globalist sellouts. So Twitter is the ultimate source of societal and cultural collateral, being the town square of opinion. And that collateral is now in the hands of new shareholders, Elon and the banks. Whatever losses the banks realize is irrelevant. Why? Twitter's priceless. So moving on to sentiment, CPI, and other monetary distortions. So Bitcoin surged, as other assets did. I mean, highlight that point. Amongst, I think, a few things. A low CPI print this week and capital flight moving out of Europe. Now, Bitcoiners were taking victory laps without realizing the markets are still desperate, that the Fed pivots sooner than later. I mean, that's what everyone is hoping. When in reality, they're in denial about Powell breaking the Fed put, as I've covered. This is your friendly reminder to rate, subscribe, review. They say the best things, they come in threes, like rate, subscribe, review. If you rate it five stars, we can raise a bar. Subscribe so you can stay in tune. And don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. The truth is that U.S. inflation came in unchanged, practically. And in December, the consumer price index for all urban consumers decreased by 0.1%, seasonally. Seasonally adjusted. And rose 6.5% uh, over the last 12 months. And as a lender had noticed that CPI rising should mean traditionally, I guess, that the dollar should decrease with it. And perhaps he's testing the crowds and playing devil's advocate here. But I did some searching and I came across this conclusion. And that is that foreign money uh, buying U.S. assets and then adding back money to domestic circulation. That's what's happening. I think. I think it makes sense. Where else are you going to park your capital other, other than the U.S.? So inflows from Asia, um, the Middle East, and Europe are huge. If you're a follower of Martin Armstrong's work, you'll be privy to this. And it's the result of accumulating dollar assets offshore or having to convert their currencies into U.S. dollar assets. Low CPI means sentiment and uh, more opportunity. Higher sentiment and more opportunity. Again, markets and soothe markets and soothsayers on Twitter, market critics and soothsayers on Twitter are in denial about Powell ending the Fed put, and the market reaction will just be more reason for Powell to raise fifty basis points to wake people up to reality. The fact is that the world hasn't been living in reality. We've been blinded in a world of easy credit that's clouding our judgment in every aspect of life. And Powell's policy goes much beyond monetary policy. It's about resetting society 
and the culture by bankrupting the old money that fuels the corrosion of society. Davos money, the offshore dollar markets, the euro dollar system, whatever you want to call it, funny money. But we have to remember what kind of world we want and the one we live in and how to work within it to reach a better outcome. And I was listening to some Curtis Yarvin this week, and he did a debate against Dave Smith, and it kind of woke me up to reality. And I've my sentiment towards this idea has grown much stronger, especially over the past year. But going back to the world that we want to live in, because I guess I'm a libertarian, anarchist, whatever, but I look at at the world, and I'm I'm just kind of I I'm not. I'm not in denial about the world that I live in. Like, l- let's just say that. Libertarianism is great, but it doesn't work. <laughs> so we need to act locally and be as ungovernable as possible while also voting for the elites that give us the sweetest deal, a.k.a. the non-cutch Republicans and Democrats, like Manchin, and the Fed. Because hierarchies exist, and you need order to handle the rule of law. Where, where does that order come from? Whoever is at the helm. I might sound like a statist, but this is the reality, and this is how high hierarchies and natural incentives and, and law work with humans. So it's, it's really up to us to decide who the humans are that are going to give us the sweeter deal. So this is why choosing the side of the Fed is in the best interest of humanity, if I go so far. So that was issue number 32. And I might go back and like reissue these because issue number one was like a greeting, like, uh, coming soon that Substack does automatically, which is lame. So, uh, this might technically only be, uh, issue 31. Oh, excuse me. Anyway, um, if you like what you heard, then uh, feel free to subscribe. Please subscribe to the Substack. I would really appreciate it. And uh, I know that you guys listen listen on the uh, on the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast network. It's pretty rad. Uh, more people listen to this show than I expected. Well, hopefully I don't jinx that as I say this coming out of my mouth right now. But um, But yeah, I know you guys are out there. I know that there's some value in this perspective. And I appreciate that support. In fact, I, for the first time this week, I got my first Substack subscription annually, 69 bucks, uh, monthly at 722. That's my birthday, July 22nd. Uh, same birthday as David Spade's, actually. But I, it made my day, right? I mean, it, after after the fees that Substack takes is like fifty five bucks or something, but hey, that's a week of groceries, helping keep the lights on around here. So um, yeah, if you like what you hear, help me out, subscribe, and go on this go on this magical macro geopolitical calling out bullshit journey with me. Uh, that's all I got. Hope you're having a good week so far, and we'll do it again some other some other time. So, as always, peace out, Sayonara, adios, I love you all, 
And don't forget to own your failure, because God knows our so-called leaders do not. Toodles! Cupol Podcast is brought to you by the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet by ShiftCrypto.ch. If you want to save your skin and get your coins off the exchange and not suffer as many others have as these crypto exchanges are blowing up and people are losing their Bitcoin, then be wise and get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Secure your own keys on your signing device. Use the code BMS to get 5% off on all Shift Crypto products. And if you're tired of hearing these ads, you can head on over to qpaul.substack.com to listen to my podcast ad-free. Thank you.